Colossians chapter 1. If you are there, let's read this together. Together now. <clears throat> ready, read. For the Lord our God will make known what is the riches of the glory of His mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for uh, being our hope. And, and the blessed hope, Lord, that we have. And thank you, Father, that um, you have allowed us to come together uh, tonight. And for the past meetings in our church, we are so grateful that you brought people, Lord, the preachers, to come and to uh, encourage us and to, uh, Lord, uh, um, fed us with your word. And, Lord, we are so grateful that you have uh, used them, O oh God, to come to our church. And, Lord, uh, now... Um, the work uh, uh, is continuing on, and we have a lot of things to do, oh God. And Lord, just help us. How are we going to fulfill uh, those tasks, oh God, that um, you have uh, charged your disciples and, and, and all of us that love you? And Lord, I pray that you will just um, be um, in our midst, Lord, and to help us and to encourage us. And tonight, Lord, I pray that this will be... Uh, this passage of scripture will be a blessing to all of us and for many verses that we are going to hear tonight. And bless your people, Lord, and thank you that um, we, were, we are able to come tonight despite of some of these uh, people are working. And, and Lord, uh, some of them just trying to be here to, to come and worship you, God. And what a blessing that uh, many of us, uh, they, have, uh, they, have, they, they, they find it very difficult to come. Wednesday evening, but Lord, they just did. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, impressing upon their hearts the importance of service. Now, Father, uh, be glorified in our midst tonight and bless your people, Lord, and bless everyone's heart as we uh, again be confronted with your words. And help me as I deliver your word. And touch my mouth, Lord, and my lips. Enable me to speak um, the gospel with clarity of mind and the sincerity of heart. And that, Lord, uh, we pray that this will be nourishment to all of us spiritually. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> uh, this is um, uh, a passage of scripture that was written by Apostle Paul. Paul was really in, in many, many aspects was a great blessing to humanity. You know, the, the, the verses that uh, we have read for many, many times and uh, verses that really moved our heart and worked in us in, in, a, in a marvelous way and to feed our souls with, uh, with the presence of God's word. It's just a blessing. And that's why the Apostle Paul is one of the greatest apostles. I do not know if there's anyone that, uh, that know, uh, have been a Christian for a long time, will, will negate that or will, will um, um, disagree with that. Because the, uh, the Apostle Paul Aside from him being godly, I know, uh, as, as he's shown in his writings there, uh, he's also a person that is spirit-led. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one really leading and using him, and, and, and in fact, using him even with, a, in, with a other apostles around, or with, a, with a, a kings around, or, or the people uh, that have animosity against Christianity. Uh, he's just exemplary in his behavior, in his um, in the things that he did uh, in those times, and that made him a great example to all of us who are trying our best to be to be uh, the Christian that God wants us to be. And we have this person writing to us a beautiful um, 
letter and the epistles, and that's why we can call him great. Maybe it's not it's not adoring him to the point to the you know to 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 be like the Lord Jesus, but we can see that he is really a man that has been used of God very very effectively. And again, uh, some people call him. Um, an apostle that is called a mystery writer. Um, yeah, he's, he's writing a lot of, uh, he's, he used the words mysteries there for several occasions, but I believe he's not just a mystery writer. He's beyond that. He's beyond. He's just uh, working uh, his life uh, for the service of the Lord. So all of that, and the revelations of God um, revealed to him, and his mind was very clear about those things that the Lord uh, showed to him. And, and he showed a lot of mysteries. He showed a lot of things, mysteries uh, to the people uh, in those times because never been uh, revealed before. In Romans chapter 11, verse number 25, uh, he called this mystery of the times of the Gentiles. He wrote about this. He said, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. So he's always like um, using that word mystery or hidden truth, the hidden truth of God that's not been revealed before, uh, but now in the New Testament is being revealed. <clears throat> and, and it said here in uh, in in Romans 16, <clears throat> verse number 25, um, he called this the mystery of the age of grace. So again, he's used the word <clears throat> mystery there. And and in in First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse number 51, he mentioned again, he said, Behold, I show you a mystery. A mystery, because it's never before revealed. The prophet Isaiah came and gone. Never spoke about this, what Apostle Paul revealed in the New Testament. Uh, we have King David who wrote a lot of Psalms. We have uh, King Solomon who wrote a lot of Proverbs and, and uh, other books. But again, uh, never before revealed, uh, in the old times, only revealed by the Apostle Paul. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but all, uh, but we shall all be changed. But again, among all the mysteries, the greatest mystery of all is the mystery of the hidden truth of the Old Testament. And uh, I mean, the, the people in the Old Testament who, again, uh, in, in Colossians 1.26 as uh, spoke about about these people, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. So this is one of the greatest mystery that really revealed in those times of the Apostle Paul. The mystery of um, the uh, Old Testament saints. And also the mystery, the mystery of Christ within the, the believers, the mystery of the person of Christ, now can 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 be in the believer's life. The Lord Jesus Christ came, you know, to us and in us. He is now in us, never before revealed. Uh, if you remember when David sinned against God and he was caught, he was caught in that sin. He was, you know, put in the open. And, and Nathan there um, was used by God to rebuke David on his great sin. And, and, and in Psalm 51 something, he 
he prayed to God. He asked God to not to you know take away the Holy Spirit from him. Because the Holy Spirit before will come and you know fill the person and leave. But now the Holy Spirit will not leave. The Holy Spirit comes at the, at the moment of our salvation. He comes in us and will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us. The, the, the Holy Spirit indwells. In other words, the Holy Spirit takes the residence in our lives. Not, not unlike before because before the Holy Spirit will come and go. But now the Holy Spirit indwells, takes residence in the person's in the Christian's life. And you see, that is one of the greatest mysteries. Well, Colossians 1.27 <clears throat> Colossians 1.27 The Bible says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory <clears throat> of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. You see, Christ in you. So that, this is the difference between us and other, uh, you know, uh, people who profess to be Christians. The difference between us and them is that we are Christians because we believe Jesus Christ lives in us and indwells in us. People, they are Christians. Some of them are Christians because they belong to a religion of Christianity. They belong to Catholic Church. They belong to. Uh, Presbyterian, perhaps, or, or Methodist, or, or other uh, denomination, that, but they have no experience of um, the Holy Spirit or the, the Lord Jesus Christ came into their lives. And that is the difference between us and them. But our Bible will tell us that indeed the Lord Jesus Christ lives in us, he dwells in us, Christ in you. And that is a mystery before. But there are Again, uh, several things that we can learn here about, you know, um, the hope that we have in the future. We Christians have the blessed hope. The moment that we receive Jesus Christ, we have that blessed hope. And that is why I said a while ago that do not say that you are poor. There's no such thing as poor if you are Christian, really. And if indeed you feel that you are poor, you know, I'm, you know it's so sad that you feel you are poor. And uh, the, the reason being, this life that we have is just very, very minute, very small, very, um, very short. And if you experience really poverty in this life, that's okay if you think that you are poor. But, you know, you don't have to worry about it because you, you imagine this. You imagine this life that you suffer perhaps for in poverty in this um, uh, period of life. But after this life, there is eternity there that, you know, you, you, you practically own everything. You own everything, all the gold. You know, we don't even, like, consider gold to be treasure in those times. We don't even consider, you know, beautiful houses to be uh, things that, you know, uh, we, we, we treasure in those times. That is why it's just very um, sad that, uh, if we are Christians today and we still we still think that we are poor, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the the owner of the universe, you know, is our Savior, and God, um, our Father, is the owner of all these things, and we are His children. That is why there's a lot of things to learn, a lot of things also to internalize 
uh, and the Bible says, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man what God had prepared for them that love him. If you love the Lord, uh, I will tell you, you have a blessed hope. You have a blessed hope in you. And that blessed hope, you know, is just uh, amazing that uh, you have that because majority of the people in this world do not have that hope. But you have that hope. You and I have that hope. There are, there are three uh, things that choices that you can make and anyone, any person can make in this world tonight. Three uh, choices of hope. Um, you, you can have that blessed hope, but some people do not have that hope because they do not know. But some people also, they have this called the false hope. The false hope. Why they, are, they have that false hope? 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 19. <clears throat> this is when, you know, Apostle Paul rebutting the thinking of the people in his time. And they were, they were like, you know, um, throwing back and forth of their reasoning. Well, here he puts this to an end. You know, if, if, we are, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and there's no resurrection of the dead, therefore we have false hope. We have a false hope. We are no different than those people who do not know God and who do not have God in their lives. If we think like that, if we think that resurrection is not really happening, it's not real. <clears throat> but he said here, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Why he said that? Because we, we surrender our life and we, we sacrifice our lives for something that is not in it, you know, that is not real. We 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 try to be uh, holy and righteous, and we we stop ourselves from enjoying the pleasure of this earth. And then, just to the end, that what we are hoping for is not real. So when that end will come, then we are the most miserable. Oh, I, I should have, you know, <laughs> I I should have gone to places that I should, you know. You will have full of regrets. Because the, the, the objective of your Christian life uh, is wrong. It's not real. That is why Apostle Paul is putting this here because there are a lot of people, they are in this world, but they have false hopes. <clears throat> they have false hopes. And again, false hopes ultimately make the person miserable in the end. If you have false hope. A lot of people who hope in something, and then when, when they get there, when they arrive there, it's not real. It's, it's not there. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the, the religion of Islam. The religion of Islam, they are willing to be killed, and they, they, they are willing to die, putting all those bombs in their, their bodies and explode themselves because... In, in the second life, they will have 27 wives. <laughs> yeah, they, they will have 27 wives. And that's, they're okay, you know. They, they're willing to die now because um, in the next life, they have so many wives. That is false hope. And we know it. Right. And you see, you have one wife, you are presentable, and how much more you have 27? <laughs> But not if you are happy, husband. You know? Not if you are happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I realized you is there. 
you know, well, or you just take it. <laughs> <laughs> just accept it, you know. Amen. There's no way. Just just be happy what you have. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, uh, it's really enjoyable. Uh, Christian life and then you and your um, family serving the Lord, it's just enjoyable. It's a blessing. It's not, it's not always smooth, but it's ultimately in the end, it's, you know, it's just enjoyable. But again, there are so many people have these false hopes. And false hopes can make one miserable in the end. And that is always true. And some people, they put their hope in money. And that is even worse. Because... You know, they, they just think that money is everything to them. Uh, we have homestays before. Oh, wow. Uh, up front, we say, oh, our God is money. With all sincerity in their expression, without hesitation, they, they will say that. That money is their God. <clears throat> and, and these are girls who are <clears throat> money in China. <clears throat> these are the people who have... Um, uh, material uh, positions and, and, and came here and they're okay and they're saying that with all boldness that money is the God. But my friend, a lot of people who have money are the most sorrowful people. It's not just by theory or it's real. Even the Lord Jesus Christ spoke at once in Luke chapter 18 verse number 23. <coughs> He said this, that, <clears throat> and when he heard this, that this is about the rich man, that young rich man. Oh, when he heard that, oh, you want, to come, you want to come and follow me? You know what? Go your way there and distribute your money to those poor people. And once you have distributed your money, come back to me and serve with me. Oh, I will tell you. Oh, thank you. Um, <clears throat> He said there, and when Jesus saw, and then, verse number 22, verse number 22, he said, and when Jesus, uh, and, when, and when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Because he said, oh, Lord, I have, I have completed all these Ten Commandments. I, 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 I am, uh, following it from my youth up until today, I'm following Ten Commandments. But what yet is lacking? Then the Lord Jesus Christ said here, um, yet lack is the one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, <clears throat> and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. You know what's his response there? He became sorrowful. He became sorrowful because he wants to go to heaven, but he wants money too. Just like many Christians. They, they love the enjoyment in this world, but they want to go to heaven. Um, they love the enjoyment of maybe drinking and, 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 and gambling and, and things in this world and money, but they want to go to heaven. When Jesus Christ proposed this to him 
and said, this is written to the poor, and then come and follow me and serve with me. He, was, he became very sorrowful. He said, and when he, heard, when, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. Why? For he was very rich. Rich people are miserable people. Because they know that keeping all these riches and stopping their ears from the cry of the poor and closing their eyes from seeing the need of the people because they want to keep their money and position at the same time they want to go to heaven. That makes them very miserable. That makes the people, rich people, very miserable. And many people making money as everything to them. And aside from that, there's another, uh, I, I heard Pastor Jimbo spoke about this many times before, about the lady <clears throat> whose son died. But the story there is really hard, hard to, uh, to take because that lady is a, a woman that, that is really poor. Uh, he worked, he worked, uh, he accepts, uh, she accepts laundry and she washes um, clothes of other people just to um, earn money to send his son to university. The son was studying engineering. And um, just a little push there, then the, the son will be finished university and, you know, with all the blessings uh, uh, and, and, and her help, the son finished university. After finishing university, they have this, um, you know, interview and all that. But before he was able to land a job, the son was um, um, killed in a car accident, car incident. And the woman and the mother was speechless for many, many days. Could not, could not speak, could not say anything. Just cried and cried and cried for many nights of the funeral. Until one night, she was able to speak. And you know, she was only able to speak one word. And that word, she said, Pakyas. Pakyas. Pakyas is a Cebuano word for like a failure or some, some kind of a vanity or vain or vain, vain, vain. That is what happened to people who, puts, who put their trust in people. Because God already had spoken. In Jeremiah 17 verse 5, God had said, Cursed be the man that trusted in man. You are, you are a favorite of your boss. Do not, you know, trust that. Trust in the Lord. Do not put your trust in the favor of your boss. Because that heart can change. Because the Bible says, Cursed be the man. You trust your parents. You trust your children. You trust your um, relatives. You trust your connection to... Perhaps the mayor, you trust your uh, whatever you have, do not trust anything. 
Because God said there will be curse coming your way. Cursed be the man that trusted in man. And maketh flesh his arm. You trust of your good look. You trust of your brilliancy. You trust of your intellect. You trust of your ability to move things around. Do not ever put your trust in them. You see? And maketh flesh his arm. Why? Because these people, they do not trust the Lord. They trust themselves. Whose heart departed from the Lord. And this is where the curse comes. Because God is a jealous God. God wants that your uh, reliance and dependency must only be upon the Lord and not in anything in this world. That is why the Lord will repel in this kind of person's heart. So do not try to, you know, trust in things, you know, more than you trust the Lord. Verse number 6, it says, For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the, uh, the parched places in the, in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. You see, they, these are the people who put their trust in the wrong place. This is a false hope. False hope, because when, the, when, when they arrive to the end, it's not there. It is a false hope. Some people hope in their abilities, hope in their achievements, and hope in their intellect. Again, um, it's, not, it's not bad if you have education, but you cannot put your hope in your education. Trust. Put your hope and your trust in the Lord. Amen. And everything will just fall into place. And some people... Uh, uh, hope in religious ceremonies and rites. They have done all this, so they feel secure because they, are, they were able to, they were baptized when they were infant, and then they were confirmed, and then uh, they have this, uh, even to the last rites, and they feel that they have that hope of heaven. My friend, again, uh, we cannot put our hope in religious ceremonies. And some people even hope in their good works, and we know that. That salvation is only by faith. We know that, and it's repeated many times in the Bible, that salvation is only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior that we have in our heart, He, he, he died, He was buried, and he, he rose again from the dead so that He can erase all false hopes that people have. That is the purpose why you know, he showed to us um, how the way to salvation. Because people are putting their false hopes in many places. But you can be that person. You might have a false hope tonight. And I hope and pray that you will change your mind. Do not put your hope on these things that are not real. But there are also people that uh, they, uh, they, 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 they don't have... Uh, false hope, but the problem is they do not have hope at all. They do not have hope at all. Millions upon millions of people are like this. These are the people who are living according, you know, to just uh, live their normal life, money and work and, and all those kind of things. And they have no hope. They just hope that economy will go up and, and you know will prosper 
they, they, they will they will be able to uh, uh, purchase properties in, in and, and then multiply their earn in their their uh, revenue and they just hope in material things but actually they don't have hope at all in Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 12 <clears throat> if you live your life just like of the world you have no hope because that is what happened to these people in this world today the Bible says in verse number 12 that at that time ye were without Christ before we got saved we were without Christ we have no hope you see uh, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Strangers, not, not part of, not part of the promise of God in the Bible. We have no part of that. Whatever God said to these people, we have no part of that. That's what we were before. But now, um, things have changed because of the Lord Jesus that we have received when we receive him. So strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You see, these are the people who live their lives without Christ. These are the people who live without Christ and then, of course, they would die also. They will die without hope because they die without Christ. Why? Because to live without Christ is to die without hope. We have that blessed, blessed hope because of Christ. And everyone should have that or otherwise they will die without hope. Our hope is tested at death. Earthly successes, again, will be of no comfort when death comes. Whatever success that we have made in this world cannot give us comfort. Even, even if, you have, if you have a nice house, for example, you have a big house, what is that if you cannot um, breathe anymore? What is, what is there if you have a lot of money and, and, and you lose your family? What is that? You see, what is that, that you have all things in this world, everything that you want, but what is that if you lose your own soul? That is what Jesus Christ said. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? To live without Christ is to die without hope. And I will tell you, um, the contrast of hope at death in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13. <clears throat> um, it says here that, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. You see, that is a, the, the, the blessing for Christians. Uh, the believers, they do not sorrow, like the sorrow of those people who are lost. We do not have that sorrow because we know that Jesus Christ um, is alive and the Lord Jesus Christ will take us to heaven when we die. But the unbelievers, they do not have that, they do not have that um, um, hope 
and therefore they sorrow. They have the deep sorrow all the time. In John chapter 11, verse 25, uh, this is Martha and the Lord Jesus Christ speaking about resurrection, um, asking about where is Lazarus uh, being buried, and then they pointed um, the Lord to the burial place of Lazarus, and then he asked about, <clears throat> you know, um, to remove the stones, and Martha stopped him for, uh, Lazarus was already there for days, that means it's by that time, and um, stinks. But the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, his um, words were recorded here in verse number 25. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. <clears throat> he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This is addressed to all Christians who, you know, who live in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those people who live in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have Christ in their lives, they, they, if, if they die, they are not really dead. They are not really dead because Jesus Christ will um, take him to heaven, take them to heaven uh, in the time to come. But the unbelievers that the contrast is the unbelievers, they do not have the sure hope at death. And there are there are unbelievers that are borrowing the Christian's hope. You know, even though they do not believe in Christ, they do not uh, have any uh, relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and they they, they borrow that. They borrow, oh, uh, some, someday we will meet him again um, in, in, in the presence of God, and they they think that they can get there. They think that, you know, um, um, they will be reunited with their loved ones who have passed on. Where in, the, in reality, the dead and them, they do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. But they have that comfort at their death because they believe that there is life after death. But the problem is, they are just borrowing it from Christians' hope. Because the, in reality, only Christians have real hope. Right. Only the Christian people who believe in Christ have real hope. Eternal promises are only and solely for Christians and Christians alone. There is, there, there are no good eternal promises for the believers. And in fact, what's going, what, what's going to happen to them is just doom and and it's just unbearable pain. But for the Christians we have that eternal promises of the Lord. And there are, again, no promise for those who died in unbelief. Titus chapter 2, verse number 13. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. You know, we have, we look forward to this coming of the Lord Jesus. We look forward for His um, appearing and we are, you know, uh, elated to that. We, we, we enjoy the thought of it. We love the thought of His coming. And this is what Apostle Paul is saying. Um, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, that is where uh, the believers, they do not enjoy. They cannot really take that. 
because uh, they do not believe in Jesus Christ. People have false hopes, and there are people that are living in this world that have no hope at all. But for you and I tonight, this is the choice that we took. The hope of glory in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 37. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You see, um, we are not hoping for glory, but the Lord Jesus Christ in us. He is the hope of glory, but that hope of glory is now in us. He is living in us. This is a hope, a, a hope that is our confident expectation. We know that this is going to happen. Without a shadow of the doubt, the Lord Jesus Christ will come and will take us home. Amen. That is, you know, the um, confident expectation because he said that in his word. He will never alter this. He will never alter this, what, whatever he promised of doing, of, of, of what he's going to do in this, in this world. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to fulfill that. So you see here, um, the reason of our confidence in the Lord. <clears throat> in 1 Peter chapter 1, this is one of the reasons why we have confidence in the Lord. Verse number 13. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, you know, make up your mind. Do not put doubts in there. You know, push the doubts away. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ and His coming and make sure your mind. Believe what God said. That, that is what Peter is saying. Apostle Peter wants us to, you know, um, strengthen your, yourselves. If you believe in God, believe in God. If you don't, then, you know, stop pretending. <laughs> make up your mind. If you want to serve the Lord, serve the Lord. Do not stay in the middle because the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ will not accept you. You better not serve the Lord if you if you stay in the middle. He said, because uh, says that I have uh, um, because thou thou art lukewarm, I will steal thee out of my mouth. You better join to those people who do not really, you know, love the Lord. But if you are thinking of serving the Lord, you serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve him with all your heart. Because less than that is not acceptable to the Lord. You are just wasting your time. You are just wasting your efforts. You better not, you know, show at all. Do not. You you better not, you know, uh, try at all, because God will not accept um, half-hearted Christians. And you see here, um, wherefore Peter said, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of the Lord of, of Jesus Christ. The, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ brings us living hope. And also, um, in Romans 8.18, Romans 8.18, there is glory ahead. 
there is glory that we can we can expect in the future. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present times, the sufferings of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, no matter how what hardship you may experience. Apostle Paul experienced the worst experience of Christianity apart from the Lord Jesus. But it's nothing. The suffering that he suffered is nothing in comparison to the glory. In comparison to the to the uh, what what is awaiting uh, when when the Lord Jesus Christ appears. Nothing. There is no suffering in this world can compare to that glory. That is why it's really worth it. It's really worth to be faithful to God. It is worth, you know, sacrificing our our time, our talent, our treasure for all for for the glory of God. It's worth it. Apostle Paul said again, "For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared." with a glory which shall be revealed in us. My friends, we are all invited here to live our life um, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all invited to, to serve the Lord. This is a blessing of our Christianity because the Lord is calling and it's up to you to respond. The Lord is bidding us to come and it's up to you to get up and go. But many, many people, they could not do it because there are a lot of things stopping them. A lot of things stopping them. And I, I read that a while ago, what are those things that are stopping them? Uh, mentioned by Pastor Dennis Lederman. What are the things that are stopping them? The lack of assurance of their own salvation. They themselves are not sure whether they are saved. And, and they are locked up by fear. They cannot move because they are afraid. They cannot share the gospel because they are afraid. They cannot um, give out tracts even because they are afraid. And look, look, uh, Lucifer's opposition, Satan's opposition in their lives. They cannot do the work of God. Or they are living in their comfort zone. There's, they, they cannot afford to lose their comfort. They cannot, they cannot uh, afford to lose their, you know, sleep in the night. They cannot afford to uh, lose their comfort in, with their car. They don't want to go to church and walking for a long walk. They don't want to walk in the rain just to visit someone. They are living in comfort zone. Ah, it's, it's about dinner, so I cannot go there for Bible study. I'll, I'll, I'll be hungry there. Uh, I'll just miss this one and hoping I can go next next week. You see, living in comfort zone. Another reason is that they're loaded schedule. They are so busy here, busy there, busy, busy all a lot of work to do. There's not stop, but they cannot do the work of the Lord because they are so loaded. And low view of usefulness. Ah, I'm not a good speaker. I cannot really share the gospel. And again, 
letting their ministry replace their winning, losing the reality of hell, and then the lack of love for the Lord Jesus. All of this. But I will tell you, we are called by God. It's up to us to respond and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. It is really a blessing that the Lord is not forcing all of us, but we can respond in a joyful way, Lord, by all means, by your grace. I cannot promise you anything, Lord, because I am just human being, but Lord, by your grace, I will serve you in whatever capacity that you can use me. Oh, if that is your heart, the Lord will bless you. Because that is what God is looking in this um, um, in the church that we have. God is looking for people that will serve Him with joy and gladness of heart. Let's bow our head pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for the blessing, Lord, of um, service. Thank you for the um, opportunity, Lord, that you have opened to us to serve you. And Lord, help us to serve you joyfully. Help us, Lord, to uh, to negate all these things that drag us and, and, and hold us back. Lord, help us to pursue, uh, despite of the difficulty uh, that we have experienced uh, in this life, Lord, that we can still, um, oh God, proclaim your word and, and help others to, to know you. Lord, um, it's just that we need your help, Lord. We need your help. We need your strength. And Lord, open our mouth. Enable us to speak the words that you want us to speak to the people. And Lord, help us to saturate our minds with your word, with the Bible. Saturate our minds with the principles of, your, of God's word. Help us, Lord, to be able to come to church every time the church is open. So that it will be for our learning. It will be for our equipping. And that, Lord, we need it. We need it badly if we want to serve you. Lord, help these people to have the desire for the lost. That they have the passion, Lord, for the lost. And once they do, Lord, it's easy for them to get up and go. It's easy for them to leave that comfort zone. It's easy for them, Lord, uh, to experience um, hardship in life, in the service, and yet joyful in their heart, despite of hunger, despite of uncomfortable uh, uh, walking on food and, and sleepless nights uh, because of your work, because of the souls of men. Oh God, everything would be easy. Everything would be doable when our hearts are right before you. Please, Lord, give us that kind of heart that all of us, oh God, will serve you and serve you faithfully. Bless your people once again. Bless Brother Ram and April, Lord, as they celebrate um, their anniversary, wedding anniversary today. Oh God, what a blessing that um, you are so faithful. And Lord, I pray that you will continue, Lord, to uh, protect uh, their marriage, protect, Lord, their union, keep them away from um, spiritual harm and all the things, Lord, that would try to uh, uh, undermine their relationship, I pray, oh God, that you will just protect Brother Ram and April and make them fruitful. Um, Lord, um, give them um, prosperity, materially, spiritually, and all the blessings, Lord, will come to them. And, oh God, thank you that 
um, they are they are striving together to um, to build up that um, home and family, and, and so that Lord, uh, in the end, you'll be glorified in their lives. Bless them, Lord, and bless all our people. Bless all the married the men here, all the married um, women uh, in our church, even the single Lord, uh, uh, the individuals. Lord, I pray that your blessing and your favor will always be upon us. And thank you for your goodness tonight. Just never pray. Amen. <clears throat> Right, let's uh, sing the final hymn. And so it's time for our final hymn. You name and glory. Oh, 